Check out your movie, lounge on your couch, watching the stars while you slouch. Now you can listen to what they'll say. It's Easton and friends bringing the couch critics your way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Critics. I'm your host, Easton Moore. And like I've said over the past couple episodes, we are going to be changing our name. So just going to remind you guys again, when that does happen, do not unsubscribe or stop listening. Same people, same fun podcast, just a more moronic name, I guess, with the movie Moron. Uh, I don't know. I'm going wow. I'm I'm to have fun saying it. <laughs> Because I like the name, but uh, nonetheless, just wanted to uh, just keep plugging that because I know different people listen to different episodes. So I want you guys all to know um, that's still Couch Critics, just a different name. Uh, and with me is me, my practical co-host, which has already decided to laugh at me. Uh, it's didn't a me. Take too, didn't take too long, uh, Trevor. That's me. Uh, and then uh, we have a uh, a great guest and a friend who has been on, I think, just once before. Um, the Grandma's Boy episode. Yep. Uh, we, we took it back to a classic on that one, but this time he's on a brand new one. Um, but yeah, Adam, uh, who is a director, uh, family member, I guess, to, to us, but also a good friend. But he's directed two movies so far, and so uh, one of them's still kind of in the circuit. So I'll kind of let you plug, because you guys, uh, if you guys are in the area, you guys might be able to watch it. So. Oh, okay. Well, um, thank you for that. Um yeah, Adam Knapp, I've uh, been, um, you know, writing screenplays for a few years now, mostly, um, you know, just I was, I was interested in doing it as a hobby, and and uh, that led to my first documentary out here in Kansas, which can be shown on Amazon Prime, uh, and currently on the film festival circuit is out, or God to Save the Wings, Um <laughs> Which is a sports doc. It's a it's a full feature about the uh, major indoor soccer league and Wichita's place in it. Um, we've won the audience awards in uh, St. Louis and Tallgrass Film Festival here in Wichita. Um, and we've oh gosh, we played in uh, Liverpool and Wales, and um, you know we're we're just um, still going on that. Uh, next month we'll be at the Austin Revolution Film Festival, which I believe is the first third weekend in February. Uh, we'll all be there. It's in person. So if you're in the area, check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you do live in that area, it's uh, I watched it on opening weekend, and I think I've been praising it since then. It's a great integration of documentary and uh, film. At the, like You feel like you're watching a film, but you're, you're getting a documentary at the same time. Um, as someone who didn't know anything about the Wichita Wings, right? Which, if you're if you're from Austin, Texas, or in that area, you probably don't know who the Wichita Wings are because it was a indoor soccer team in the seventies. Uh, their heyday was the eighties. Eighties, um, and so like I didn't know anything about it, and it was a lot of fun to watch and see the history, and then uh, you're enwrapped in their story uh, because it's good. Good storytelling. So. Thank you. you. You've both been a great champion for the movie, and I, I, I've noticed, and I do appreciate it. I actually just put up your poster in my studio at Cincinnati. So oh, nice. There's a poster for God Save the Wings at Cincinnati here in Wichita. And you put one in our studio. There's one here, too. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> huh. 
We have a few movie posters. More exposure. In our, That's yeah. right. <laughs> Eventually, when we get video to this, they'll see it. But uh, <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, we do have a God Save the Wings poster in our in our little studio here at the Moore household. Um but yeah, um, so that's that's Adam, um, and I think we're just going to move on to the movie, bonus movie of the week. Bonus! Because uh, this is coming out on, I believe, Friday, so you get a movie a couple days earlier, um, and because it came out last week on Apple Plus, uh, we're doing The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, you can't say Macbeth, I guess. <laughs> After watching this movie, I guess I was saying it wrong for 15 years. <laughs> um... But yeah, so that's what we're doing. It's uh, it's on Apple uh, TV Plus. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have that, uh, you guys can watch it right now. It's streaming. Um, and if you guys don't have it, you can do a free trial if this is interesting enough to you. Or it's only I think five dollars a month if if you've already done your free trial. Yeah. And there's also Ted Lasso on there, so like <laughs> you can get your money's worth and and these and Ted Lasso and and we, uh, just this movie. We've watched at least two or three series on Apple TV, I think. And, okay, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've only done um we've only done Ted Lasso and we watched On the Rocks with Bill Murr, right. Murray. Uh-huh, right. And then uh and then we watched I watched this. I tried watching C and couldn't really get too much into it. Hmm. And then there was um there was another like Android movie mm-hmm. or TV show that we started watching, but Okay. Uh, but on the movie, the tra- the tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, just start with general thoughts. What you what you think about the movie? Well, I I really loved it, and I I knew I was going to love it. Um, I we were starting to talk before uh, we started rolling here. Um, I huge Coen Brothers fan. I I I I never had to read Shakespeare in school. Seriously? What? Uh, I don't think I'm <laughs> certainly not high school. <laughs> really? Uh, now I was in an English lit class in college where I remember reading Shakespeare, but I think it was more like uh, Rose, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, like, like parody sure, type yeah. things. I don't think it was actual Shakespeare. So I, I have, I actually had a copy of Macbeth in my house. Don't ask me how that happened, but um, <laughs> but uh, I plowed through it. Um, it wasn't easy. I, you know, I had my phone with me the whole time trying to figure out what the <laughs> hell they were saying uh, and what the, what it meant because I really wanted to have some kind of background. So sure. yeah. So the morning it uh, came on Apple TV, I got up at four a.m. Oh, I, I yeah, I woke we, up to your tweet we and I was the, like, he saw it already. <laughs> I honestly, I saw your tweet and I was like, <laughs> this has been out for like a week. Why is he just now tweeting about like being so excited? But I was dead wrong. I was like, because I had seen some early reviews, but it was early reviews and I thought they were just. Well, I really wanted to see it on the big screen. Um, That's what I saw because it came out in some theaters on December 24th and 25th. Correct. That's what it was. I was like, I remember seeing stuff about a week before. And if I couldn't do that, I figured that was about as close as I was going to get Mm -hmm. to, you know, it was dark. The whole room was dark. Um, (laughs) The dryer wasn't going. The dishwasher wasn't going. It was just me and the movie. Um, And then (laughs) fast forward about 14 hours um, and my uh, my better half, Darla, she she wanted to watch it, so um, I turned around and watched it again with with subtitles the second time. Okay, okay. Did that help? Oh yeah, I yeah. I did. almost turned subtitles on within the first 
three minutes, and I was like, I'm gonna be too focused on subtitles that that's, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to watch the visuals, and so I decided not. To. I just got done watching the movie maybe an hour ago. So, yeah. and what a shame that would be to miss the visuals. I yeah, mean, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but but um, I guess that answers your question. I, I really, it's okay. unlike any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the same boat. I also loved it. I On the other side, I am a big Shakespeare fan. I actually collect his works, and I try to read his stuff pretty often. I've, I've been trying over the past year or so to like get through all of his stuff. Um, so the words weren't necessarily like too difficult for me to catch. However, this is some of the clearest and most articulate spoken word I've ever seen in any kind of Shakespeare play or movie or anything. And the emotion, especially that like, Denzel Washington puts behind the stuff he does is like breathtaking. It's he's such a good actor in this. It's great. But yeah, overall, I mean, imagery and everything was really, really well done. There's not a lot of music to it, but I think that I like that because I uh, back then you would have had like, not to give you a history lesson or anything, but back then you would have had incidental music, which is where they would just hire a couple musicians to come play for the play when it was released. So you would have music during it, but it would just be stuff these musicians were making up based on what's happening. It's not like a soundtrack. Exactly. That yeah. Today. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, but that. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you're um, probably more well-read in Shakespeare than than. Uh, East, oh East yeah, and I. for sure. I I read um, Macbeth and mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, and I believe. One other, Merchant of Venice or Hamlet or something. Hamlet, yeah, uh, and maybe even a fourth uh, in high school. But like, high school was yeah. I know when I was in high eight, school, nine years ago. We so had, like, I don't remember right. much. We had to read Romeo and Juliet, A Midsummer's Night's Dream, Hamlet, and then I think there was one more we had to read. I can't remember what it was though. Wow. I'm in Merchant of Venice, but yeah, it was a big part of my high school curriculum. Yeah, I, I was. In advance, quote unquote, placement, mm. even though I shouldn't have been, I was, <laughs> and I feel like that was a big reason why. Uh, I'm not a very good reader, but I tried in high school. And so, in our schools, if you tried, that got you an advanced placement. So, okay. I think that's why I, I, I read those because I don't think my norm, the normal English classes were, mm, were gotcha. reading those. And it showed because I did not understand much of what I was reading. Like, it it had to be like talked about for me to understand a lot of what was happening. So I, I saw a Tales from the Crypt that was based on Hamlet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Trevor, what I was gonna ask you is when yeah. you first heard about this movie, uh, you know, being a Shakespeare aficionado, mm-hmm. how surprised were you that they cast Denzel? Not very. No. Um, no, because I mean it, those plays, especially nowadays. From what I've seen, I mean, I, what, I, what? So what I do is I pull up the, the the play. I have the written version, and then I'll pull up like plays that companies do on and that they put on YouTube. And so I'll listen to it and read along, and that seems to help. But I mean, they'll cast anybody. There are some iterations, like in Titus Andronicus, there there are characters who who need to be a different race, um, just for for the plot purposes. But this one doesn't really have that in it. So I I mean, mm-hmm. anybody could have been played by anybody. Well, I get, yeah, not only, um, you know, the fact that he's a black man, but, uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's got to be pushing 60, doesn't he? I thought the same thing. He looked, it felt old for the character. And again, the play doesn't, you know, doesn't say anything about how old they are. Right. 
Um, and I wasn't sure if I the first time I watched it uh, that day, I wasn't sure how I felt about Francis McDormand um, as Lady Macbeth. I, I just I, I I don't know. I guess I've just seen her in too many too many other Coen Brothers things. But the uh, but the second time I I kind of came around. Yeah. The only thing I've really seen her in is um, Nomadland. Yeah, Nomadland. And she's in a. You've seen her in a lot more, but that's that's the one. I, that's I'm, I'm that's up real quick. that's probably the one where she, she was the lead, and like yeah, you saw nothing right. but her in it. And so that's that's what I think of too. But I've seen her in quite a bit. Sure. Um, I have. To oh say, yeah, she's in French Dispatch. She's in a bunch. Yeah. She's oh my gosh. Yes. Stuff. Fargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Transformers. <laughs> Did she? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what. Dark of the Moon. Wow. Okay. Hey, it's a paycheck. Yeah, she she's in at least movies. two Wes Anderson movies and probably half the Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's she's excellent. Well, I feel a little better. I, I haven't seen a lot of these, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say, I, I remembered her from quite a bit, but... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. I have to say, I was pretty torn in watching this one. I think the visuals, like it was a visual masterpiece. Yes. Like through and throughout, visual masterpiece um, that perfectly depicted the tone of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like every scene felt like it had purpose and its lighting and um, I don't know, just everything looked gorgeous um although it did look like it was on a theater set oh was for a sure. little, yeah and i kind of like i kind of dug that i didn't know if I, I i liked it and then i didn't like it there were certain scenes that i liked and others that i didn't um, i think the castle was a lot better in that regard than, like, than the, the outside stuff yeah. yeah um but they did a wonderful job with the transitions um i thought those were flawless Every time they transitioned from one scene to the other, hmm. it visually looked amazing. However, it did kind of mess with the timing and pacing of the movie because time passed with each scene. Mm-hmm. And it was hard, at least for me, to kind of know how much like it felt like much more time should be passing than really was on screen. Mm-hmm. Um most of what I have wrong or I dislike with the movie is the dialogue can be really hard to to get through. Um, although it's very dense and strong, it's you know it's, they they dumbed it down for people oh, like no. us. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> well, sure. I, well, actually, I'm 100 percent sure. I, I caught but, the last like 15. Like I came yeah. down and caught the last 15 minutes of Easton watching it, and I've been meaning to do this. And I'm still planning on doing it. Going back with a script and reading through. And the stuff the stuff that's in the movie is still the script, but they just took out. There's some like asides that they do where like you know they, they're just in a room by themselves, mm-hmm. being like, "If only I can muster the strength to blah blah blah." Yeah. Um. Or like they, it would just be extra words. Like somebody would show up and he'd be like, "What are you doing here, you idiot? What do you have to say to me?" But then he would just say, "What do you have to say to me?" Stuff like that. Yeah. So as far as I know, the script is still. I, I was I was very surprised by how many of the um, of the classic lines I I knew, um, you know, starting from you know something wicked this way mm-hmm. comes. Um, of toil and trouble, <laughs> right? Um, is this a dagger I see before me? I I, I recognize that tomorrow one. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. 
out out damned spot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for, somewhere along the line, I I knew what those meant. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all of Shakespeare. It's just a a huge part of uh, pop culture even today. Yeah. Five hundred years later. Yeah. I I just feel like it's if you're a fan of of theater. Mm-hmm you're going to be a much more appreciative of what this movie offers than somebody who's not. And I'm not a huge theater person. And so I found a lot of that to be hard to kind of digest because a lot of the story plot is all given to you through dialogue instead of uh, visual representations of what's happening throughout the story. And that's what a lot of movies do. And it shies away from that. There's visuals, but it's more just visually stunning and tonal than it is plot. A lot of the story is all given through very dense dialogue, mm-hmm. which obviously dense can be good, but can also be hard. And it's obviously old Shakespeare, so it can be hard. And when you're, at least for me, back when I was reading it, you can read over a line a couple times and tr- like really try to digest yeah. it. And for a movie, you don't get that, especially if you're not watching or not reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, I was missing a lot throughout the movie, but just kind of getting it through the overall like scene mm-hmm. because I couldn't get all, I couldn't pick up every piece of the, of the dialogue. But then by the end of the scene, I was like, okay, I know where they're going here. And then I would see mm-hmm. it. I would see the, um, I would see what happens like from that scene I, later on. I really liked your point about the transitions because I, I hadn't thought about it until you said that they really were seamless. Oh yeah. Um, yep. it just moved along. I, I, how long was the movie? I don't even know. It's about know. an hour and 45 hour 45. I mean, it, it, it goes, it goes quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's, I, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think the hour and 45 mark might be a detriment to the movie. Really? I feel like the beginning it really glazes over the beginning because, from what I know about Macbeth, or sorry, Macbeth, what do I want? Yeah, Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. <laughs> um, our main character, Macbeth, is supposed to be held as a hero and a like honorable man, and it really gets through that fast. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just as you're watching, you see him almost as a snake right away, mm. and I don't think that's that's not the like you're supposed to think that he's going against his character mm-hmm. and that's the tragedy. And I feel like it, it just goes so fast in that first little bit that like, obviously it's still a tragedy because of everything that unfolds is tragic, but like you don't get the full foot, like you don't get the full one eighty of the tragedy. You're like already starting a piece into sure. it almost. So let, so let me bring up this point. Then, sure. since you said that, um, I, I as I've already mentioned, I uh, you know I'm a Cohen Brothers. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen every one of them, um, and I think that's probably uh, Joel Cohen's influence um, because if you think about those characters he's written over the years, um, consistently, maybe not in every movie, but um, you think of uh, you know No Country for Old Men or um, 
you know, even going back to Blood Simple or um, the man who wasn't there, it's uh, it's it's someone who gets sucked into this desire of wanting more money and okay. more power. And you're right. I think he did that pretty quickly with Macbeth. Um, and I, I think I think he just made the character his own, perhaps. Okay. Maybe. Um, and man, nobody 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 writes characters like like he and he and Ethan Cohen. I mean, um, and, and maybe that's a perspective difference because what I've seen of of Joel Cohen is No Country of Old Men, uh, Big Lebowski, Fargo. Mm-hmm. Inside Laura Davis, uh, True Grit, Far- Fargo, great example. Oh, I yeah, yeah I yeah. and most of these movies I love. Mm-hmm. Um, the only movie I was not a huge fan of, but I don't even remember much of it, is the Bollard of Buster Shrugs. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> but I haven't. I don't remember much of the movie, so it could have just been like, oh, okay, it's ballad, ballad of, of Buster Scruggs, and that's uh, that's the first one they did for the small screen too. Okay. Um, that was a Netflix. Yeah, but none of those movie. describe the the character writing that you're speaking of. The movies that I've seen already. Okay. Uh, yeah. Other than old, uh, No Country for Old Men. Right. Um, like, as far as I can remember. So. Yeah, well, even, you know, even if you make a list of Coen brothers from from best to worst, the worst are better than Good, most. Most directors, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, I've talked about what I've kind of disliked, but I th- still think it's a beautifully crafted movie. Mm. It's just very hard sometimes mm. um, to kind of get everything out of it because you're taking Shakespearean language to modern day and also a theatrical, like almost scenery with that. And so it's kind of hard to maybe for, for common people, someone like me, it's, it's hard to, to get all of the information. Um, and I do want to say you talked about the emotion of Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt back and forth. There were times where I was, uh, I thought he was delivering wonderfully. That I felt every ounce of emotion. But then I also felt like there were other times where it was it was just spouting of lines, huh. okay. um, which felt very theatrical. Like I'm, I'm in a theater. Sure. There are monologues where. Um, the emotion is through the reading of the lines instead of the inf- like the visual like the facial uh, emotion the body language and stuff like that which films um, he had a lot of monologues yes <laughs> yeah yes he did which was one thing I was going to say which was hard because he also has monologues in the middle of like um, in the middle of scenes with other people and sometimes I couldn't tell if it was an internal monologue or an external monologue. Mm. And there were times where you could tell, but there were other times where it felt like it was internal and it was kind of sometimes hard to know. Hmm. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. But that's just... I, it is very much uh, a Cohen movie. I think you can you you really can see his influence with the occasional goofiness and... Right. Um, like when Macbeth's fighting with the with the bird and mm-hmm. and uh, right. I mean that just that's just a laugh out loud 
moment. Um, I was surprised to see Stephen Root. Um, oh gosh, I don't remember this <laughs> character in the book. He plays a uh, he plays the drunken uh, chambermaid or something. Oh, okay. Um, and Stephen Root, he was Milton in Office Space. He's he's was he in this? Yeah. Seriously, I don't remember that at all. I mean, it's it's a cameo. He's it's only a couple minutes, but right. um, but he's this Cohen brother staple. Um, but um, you know, and 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 as as I said before, um, just that just that love of of money and power and the the senseless chase of it, even when you're doing okay. Uh, leads to your downfall. So it's a really common theme with the Coens, yeah. I think. Well, and it fits the story very well. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. Well, and I read, I well. saw in an interview because it's Joel. This is Joel Cohen, isn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, they were like, they asked, "How do you think this movie would have been affected if you did this with your brother?" Uh-huh. And he said, "I wouldn't have done." And his response was, "I would not have done this movie if I did it with my brother." Hmm. Like he, it sounded like he very much like he had an idea for this and he wanted to do it himself. And so, yeah. Well, it, it sounds like Frances McDormand was super involved in it too. I mean, oh, she really? was a producer, and um, and uh, you know, and in the th- in the stuff I've heard from Denzel, he's talking about um, you know Joel and Francis mm-hmm. instead of Joel and Ethan. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess we can take our little short break and we'll get into spoilers. I know we have kind of been talking about it all over the place, but there are some actual, like, I guess if you've read Macbeth, you kind of know the spoilers, but uh, there are some specific scenes that we can kind of talk about. So we'll take a a short little break and we'll be back for the spoiler part. Uh, Actually, we didn't even... Recommend it. You recommend it. Oh, oh no! So I jumped the gun there. I feel like it's pretty obvious here on what two of us are going to say, but you guys can say if, uh, whether or not you recommend watching the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I think you have to be a certain kind of to movie watcher to <laughs> well, to I- enjoy it. Like uh, um, Tristan got home from watching from band practice and i was like i was kind of unsure if she would even enjoy it and so uh and she didn't have a whole lot of time so we decided to uh do it without her and she got back and i was like i don't think you would enjoy this (laughs) and so i definitely think there's a lot of people that um wouldn't really enjoy this too much I think this could probably be shown in schools, like if they're That's teaching very very true yes i think it'd be a good um would be an amazing way to show the story because it you do feel the whole i mean like i I do think there's a little missing maybe 10 minutes at the beginning but you see the full tragedy of yeah um and you get all of the themes that they're that i believe shakespeare was trying to hit along the lines like it's Mm -hmm. i don't remember much about the the book reading but it it feels very uh true to the story yeah so yeah i definitely agree with that but it can be a little hard to watch so you definitely have to (laughs) Um, be in the right mindset. Do be in a dark room. Um, I shut off all the lights. I had my sound bar and uh, subwoofer on max, yeah. and the sound was incredible. Uh, they very heavily use um, sound, which I thought was great. It's not a lot, but when they use it, it's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the silence. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, they don't use 
sound a whole lot, but when they use it, like it's, it's deafening. Like, you know, both, both part of it's both the silence and, uh, the huge booms, like you feel what the character is feeling internally through that sound. So, um, so it's a soft recommend. I think you have to kind of be in the right mindset or be the right kind of kind of person. We kind of talk about it every once in a while. I don't know if all all the Marvel fanboys are going to be too happy about this one, but um if you like um kind of slower movies, I would recommend it, I guess. If you like No Man Land or if you like yeah. Minari, that a kind more of RT. stuff. Yeah. Uh Green Knight. If you like The Green Knight Ugh. or yes. uh The Lighthouse, I think this is a movie that you would probably enjoy. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, now we'll take the break and we'll be right back for the spoiler part of the review. All right, and we are back. We're back. After that short little break um, of the ad read, uh, now we can just get into spoilers, quote-unquote, uh, even though I'm sure most of you have already read the uh, the movie. But when it comes to this, the movie specifically, um, just kind of talk about whatever. Uh, if you have not read this book in the last 500 years, <laughs> stop listening now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I was going to bring up was, um, and we haven't talked about her yet, but, um, you know, the three witches, yes. the same actress. Um, and I think we can probably all agree she was, she was Phenomenal. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, what they did with her special effects wise was, um, was something else. Um, are you sure she wasn't just a contortionist? Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I thought like she might've been. Yeah. It looked like it. Yeah. So if it was CGI, it was fantastic because. So when the three witches, um, for example, turn into crows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just thought that was wicked. And I know, I know the special effects are way better in your in you your Marvel movies <laughs> and your in your Harry Potters. Um, but boy, I bet I'll. I'll bet they don't look as good because that was uh, that was just jaw dropping to me. Um, and I think well, it goes back to the the it being a play. Yeah, him, him trying to make it and look it's also like just it's, how it's used rather than how good it is. Um, right. So like you can have good CGI, but if it's just CGI to be, you know, good visual effects, like there was a like it meant something and it there was more to it than just cool flashy stuff on screen. Mm-hmm. Like it was. Yeah. And I, they, and they did use a lot of CGI from, from what I understand, but well, and like to like double the size of sets and stuff. I'm sure things like that. Yeah. By the way, she is a real contortionist. I just looked up, <laughs> decided to look it up. No real quick. kidding. What's yeah. her name? Catherine Hunter, Catherine Hunter. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, well, she's, uh, she's, People are going to know who she is. Yeah. And yeah, she right. they, and she delivered the lot like she was just as creepy and uh, foreshadowy, I guess, as you would want. I mean, I. Yeah, for sure. I was enwrapped when, with what she was saying. And I mean, the, the big one where she was just in the water and turns into three and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. that was a really well lit shot and acted seen by her so so yeah as long as we're talking about spoilers um the uh the actor they had playing uh duncan the king uh the 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 casting for him and the son who i guess the son's a harry potter 
guy. Oh, really? One of those. Hmm. Harry Potter or... No? Well, you didn't recognize him? Uh He isn't Harry Potter, but... I recognize him from Queen's Gambit, which... Oh, okay. But, yes, he is in all of the Harry... Which I haven't... I'm not a big Harry Potter guy, so that's why I didn't think of it right off the bat. But I remember him from Queen's Gambit. But, yes, he is Harry Potter guy. So, Macbeth kills Duncan um, in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, The look in his eyes as he's uh, having the life taken out of him Mm -hmm. is... um, is pretty great. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and it's later on in the movie. Um, you've got um, oh gosh, I feel like a dunce. <laughs> um, no, okay. Um, help me out here. The the, the oh, give me something. The the, the enemy. <laughs> oh. Um. Uh, Mc, Macduff. Macduff. Yeah. Thank you. Uh. It's, you know, on the, on the other side of the coin, Macduff was just suspicious enough and Macbeth was just paranoid enough to know something was brewing. Yeah. Um, the scene where Macduff's family gets slaughtered mm-hmm. was uh, was spot on. I, I loved Lady Macduff. She was she was great. Yes. Um, oh, and, man. When they toss the kid into that fire, yeah, it's yeah. ruthless. You want an omelet? You got to break a few eggs, my friend. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the way they built up that tension uh, was was pretty great. And, you know, the two things that really stuck out to me when I read the book, too, were, um, you know, the moving forest mm-hmm. and the fact that you and I, I'm explaining, Darla, you know, they, you know, he keep, you know, he can't be killed by anyone born of a woman and right. you know and her response was that's that's a real technicality come on <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh i just thought that stuff was really cool yeah definitely yeah i really like the and for whatever reason i really like the you could have paused this movie any at any point and just been taken away by whatever the image was. Yeah. But I, I one of the scenes that really sticks out, like you just talked about, is when they, they say branches up or whatever, and they all raise their branch, and you see the top of it, and it's just all this moving brush. Really nice. And you know, you know, Macbeth's got to be thinking, "Oh crap, the <laughs> 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 forest is moving." Right. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, but speaking of, of scenes, that one, and then we kind of talked about it earlier, the, the water, when he wakes up in that room and mm-hmm. he has the vision. With the three witches above yes, him and everything. I really enjoyed all the water play. And then seeing the face in it and cupping the water and it's still there and he drops it and it comes back up. I thought that was really good. And then when it drains was really good, I thought. Well, I think all of the scenes showing him going mad were, hmm. were extremely well done. Those were some of my f- that was my favorite part of the movie, which I guess is probably sad. But uh, I just thought it was very well depicted him losing his grip on uh, reality because he's supposed to be this good guy that's doing things against his moral character, and that'll break you. Um, and I thought all of that was shown very well, all with uh, visuals and then scenes and then um, monologues of him like talking about what he's done yeah. 
and and how that's breaking him from the inside. Like I don't know, maybe he doesn't actually say that it's breaking him from the inside, but you see all of that. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was what I enjoyed the most, as in it it like looked and felt the most when the best when it comes to a movie. So have you guys ever seen Training Day? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. You, you have Easton. Mm-hmm. He's he's it's been a long time, but yeah, I think I think he won comp. Best Actor for Training Day. And, it's one uh, of his best movies. Oh, oh, it's so good. But his character in Training Day, Alonzo, I think his name is, is kind of the opposite because Alonzo's losing control of his situation towards the end, and he does not lose an ounce of that cockiness. He, you know, right up to the end, he says, you know, King Kong ain't got, mm-hmm. um, you know, right up to the moment he's done down, spoiler alert. Um, and that's, that's kind of, that came to my mind a couple times as hmm. you see, as you see Macbeth start to, start to lose it. I feel Which like is were, a real credit to Denzel. Yeah. I feel like there was a movie that I was thinking of at the same time, but I, I can't put my mind down it right now mm-hmm. of just the descending into madness basically oh yeah um and Francis McDormand did it yeah maybe it's even the shining that i'm thinking mm-hmm. of but okay well yeah that's that would fit <laughs> yeah uh, i know that there were a couple movies that came to mind when i just was watching those scenes uh and um like I, maybe i'm going too much on it um but yes just with you don't see him I don't know as the good guy at the beginning and so you just don't like you don't see as much of a descending into mm, right. it right yeah um, well it's just very like middle of the road there's I don't think that there's any like people are talking about him about how he's this great warrior and he you know he's he's and that, best and I should have prefaced know. all of this with I have said I did not get every single piece of the dense dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I, I did think that maybe I missed some stuff at the beginning because it was a well, lot like you, of like thick you dialogue. Said, so since this is a play converted into a movie, that rule of like show don't tell is kind of negated because in a play you have to say it because yeah. you can't really show it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I understand. And I, I, I agree with you. I think it is a little, not meandering necessarily, but you can't really get a good read on him. You have to rely on the words of others. Um, gotcha. And then by the time that he does begin his descent, he's already king. So, but well, he gives his descent a little bit before that because he murders the king. But right, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm back at the, when he's back at the castle. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's fine. You meant the descent into madness. Yes, not his mm-hmm. descent into moral ambiguity or right, right, moral. Yeah, wrong. But yeah, and Macbeth would have been that he and Lady Macbeth would have been just fine mm-hmm. had had they not just you know had they just accepted what they had. But uh, you know the one of the very first scenes, he's so enamored and curious about these witches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wait, I could have more. Yeah. I'm you know I'm in the twilight of my. Life. I'm. Just, I, I don't know how long they lived at sixty back then. <laughs> well, you know, was the life expectancy like twenty five back then? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, again, I think it's the third time I've said it, but um, you know, just that lust of you know greed and yeah. money and. 
I his think downfall. The, exactly. I think the the pivotal moment where we see him really be Macbeth and we get to see everything in him, all of the confidence and the cockiness and, and the warrior and the king is that fight he has with, I think his name's Seward. Yeah. The first fight. That, it's so slick. I you can mean, watch... Mm-hmm. We, the one, you were here for yes. it. For, okay. Uh-huh. I, was, I was wondering if I somehow forgot no. the first fight before that. Because he's in two. He's in two sword fights. I'm talking about the first one. Yeah. it's He's so cunning and... Well, he doesn't think he has anything to lose. Yeah. Like, throws the sword back to the guy, and then... Yeah. Ugh, I could watch that over and over again. It's so good. I yep. thought it was going to be way too much of a commoner by saying I really like that scene, because it's the only... Like there are only two action scenes in the movie. Well, and to say I really like that scene is like, okay, does that just make me okay? I just want the one scene that has action in it. But it's so well done. Not only uh, visually, how it starts is phenomenal mm-hmm. um, with the leaves, the leaves setting him in the chair, and the then the person of the coming. Fall. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was not the beginning of the fall, but but I mean, like you get what I mean. Fall of his his kinghood, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all like visually it was fantastic. And then you actually get into the fight and there's like the one thing I didn't get or really like about the fight is I don't even know who that was. I don't remember seeing him much throughout the movie. I don't either. Okay. He's, I, I yeah. was, I again felt like I was missing something. I had seen him in some scenes, but he was always with, um, uh, either the, the guy who became king at the end, the, son mm-hmm. or uh the one that got his wife and right. son killed yeah, i yeah. just figured he was the shakespeare version of boba fett <laughs> i really think that's what it is i think <laughs> okay. he's i okay. think he's just i think he was just a guy I, and a maybe guy he get had more dialogue that was cut like from the original script gotcha. but uh yeah i don't think he was supposed to necessarily be anybody that we knew of hmm. yeah i think he i think um you see him a couple times with the rest of the army guys when when they're gathering and things, but then he just kind of shows up to fight them. So, yeah. But yes, I I, I think that that yeah, I think you're right. I think it is. It's a little. Uh, I don't know what the word would be. A little blah to be like. Yeah, it's my favorite because it's the action. But I really do think it's it's a culmination of who Macbeth is. Yeah. In a single scene. Yeah. And um, even the second fight that's right after that, um, I just like the, the whole fight was good. Like it mm-hmm. felt like a realistic in a way fight, mm-hmm. uh, but also a little over the top. And then he died grabbing the the crown, which I thought was great symbolism to. Mm-hmm. And it was so it was so clumsy. Yeah. And that's probably the way a lot of those fights did end. Is just them doing something stupid. Somebody slips up, yeah, and uh, boom, yeah. Which Mark is what I—that's why—that's what I liked about it. And you know, in your defense, you know, Macbeth is uh, supposed to be a great warrior. We need to see him being a warrior at some point. So yeah, they wait till the very end for him to finally show up. But I understand mm-hmm. why they did that because they didn't want that to be the focus of the film. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we've had three. Uh, movies about Macbeth, I believe. Yeah, well... This I, is the third or the fourth? I, do, I don't know. I know one of them came out... 2015. Yeah, really? Yeah. Or maybe even 18. Wow. It was okay. not long ago. 
I know it was off my radar, but... Which is apparently pretty good, well, according to some ratings. But I know that one's 2015, uh, starring uh, Michelle Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will always mess up names. You can count on that with this podcast. And wow. Trevor will always help me out. You got so it. Joe Cohen was just like... Damn the torpedoes. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But that was a very... I haven't seen it yet, but everything... I watched a trailer of it because I'm intrigued by it. I, mm-hmm. I want to watch it. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a very action-based... Mm-hmm. Like maybe we see the battles and stuff. Yeah, and like it's a more physical downfall. Like you, you see all the action and maybe a crumble that way rather than dialogue and... and foreshadowing of the fall and internal madness and maybe you see that too i don't know i haven't seen it but uh i've seen one version of Macbeth, but i don't remember yeah. which one and i don't know how old i was i could have been 12 and <laughs> right. saw i'm not gonna remember a movie from when i was 12 yeah. um my favorite my I, I don't know i really liked i don't know his name and i can't even find it on letterboxd because I thought it was one actor, and it's not. Mm. Uh, the guy that saves the boy at the very end. I think I just saw him, actually. Let me see if I can. I can't think of his name. I liked him. He was one of my favorite guys throughout the... Because I didn't really know what to think of him. Mm. Um, I didn't know if he was on Macbeth's side or if well, he was against yeah. him. He was working for and against him. And his I, name's Angus. He's Robert definitely a wild Robert card. Gilbert. And I kind of liked, I, I just not knowing what to, and I, maybe it's because I don't know the story of Macbeth enough, but um, I thought he was done, like the actor did a phenomenal job of. He didn't show his hand. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He kind of felt like a little finger of the movie, if you guys are Game of Thrones fans. It's funny you say that, because <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, he did remind me of a Game of Thrones character. Um not necessarily Littlefinger, but oh, okay. but 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 <laughs> just more, gen- more than one, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all the, many of them are like that, yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> he hasn't watched Game of Thrones, <laughs> so yeah. I watched um, every single episode. <laughs> I was late to the game, though. That's okay. I I'm was. Still late to I didn't it. start until season four, and then that sucked because waiting for a new season was awful. Hmm. But, um, yeah, we don't keep talking about Game of Thrones, but I don't know. I just, I, I really, I thought he was really well acted. I, and I like the, like he wasn't a main character by any means, but he was in a lot of pivotal moments of the movie Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure what direction he was going to take the movie. Yeah. Um, and in the end we show where he, and I still don't know where it's going from that. Um, but all you know is that he saves the, the, the sun. Yeah. For some reason. Well, so. that son is the guy that they kill, Macduff, is he's he the the witches say witches say, Macbeth, you're gonna be a king, but Macduff's gonna be the father to a line of kings. And so that's so that's why his son is saved. Um Gotcha. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's a little because Malcolm I don't think is in relation to the Macduff to the Macduffs, but he's the one that kills Macbeth and so He's got a. He's the one that gets thrown, and so I don't know. Anyway, that's just that was my thought. Okay. But yeah, I do. I do agree. I, and his look is. I like the costume. Yeah. The costumes yeah. in this are great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it, I. I, I love the curious. simplicity. Yes, and I. 
I thought curious, it was a big strength. I'd be curious to talk to Graham on this. <laughs> about the historical accuracy. Yeah, because the... he's especially my armor, and I was thinking about, I was thinking, oh, he's got probably got plate mail or something like that, but then he gets leather, and I'm like, oh, that's, didn't totally expect that, but it's kind of yeah. cool. I did notice that um, you, the, the, the crown, speaking of costumes, um, fit Duncan perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Macbeth, it was a little, a little crooked. I noticed that little, too. Little ill-fitting. Yeah, well, that was some sure space that was, in the back. I'm sure, that yeah. was on purpose. Well, I mean, it might have been too, because Denzel doesn't hardly have any hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, sure. But uh, I, w- I just wondered if the time allowed, if there was any symbolism there, and and um, well, I think, I think yeah. Darla told me I was all wet. <laughs> There's definitely some room for that. I'd agree with that because I noticed it too. I mean, I can't imagine that. That it's it's always curious to see like what actually gets thought put into it versus what just kind of happens to be. From what I know, know almost everything yeah. has <laughs> thought and purpose behind it. Unless you're watching a Transformers movie or something like. Hey man, those which those explosions they, must be bigger. <laughs> well, everything that they have thought and process and whatever into is all product placement, not movie. <laughs> specific yeah but i feel like anything that this movie's it's all purposeful like they what's in the light and what's showing and and where the lights are shining from and who's in that specific scene all of that i feel like is very it has to be very purposeful because there's a minimal cast there's minimal people in every scene you're seeing a small amount of things in every single scene so everything has to have purpose so right. i would assume that's what makes movies like these good entertaining because everything has to be so There's purposeful so think about. and everything's so dense but that's also what makes them hard mm. it's because everything is so dense uh and sometimes dense is overwhelming and uh you don't catch everything and uh yeah yeah which is one reason why i'm not a big fan of the lighthouse but. <laughs> so Cool. We're waiting to see if Trevor likes it because we, sometimes yeah, we collide on movies it, and yeah. sometimes we, we agree on them. And so I'm wondering to see if we collide or not. I don't know it's, if you've seen it, but I, I have. Yeah, it, it's got its moments for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of a bizarre movie. I know there's sequels in it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if he'll like it or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't either, know if I so. like it or not. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it's wonderfully acted and beautifully shot, but man, is it a weird story and yeah. there's way too much like Willem Dafoe, man. Way too much like foreshadowing slash um, psychedelic stuff that you don't know. I don't know. Anyways, that's the wrong review, but. Um, I, don't, I feel like any bla- anytime there's a black and white movie, you just end up talking about other black and white movies. Hmm. At least for me, yeah. <laughs> like I, I tend to. Well, this black and white movie um, really reminded me of you know like like something from Orson Welles or I oh mean, yeah, it was just I was actually I was getting some pretty serious Citizen Kane vibes from this. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I kept uh, seeing the word German expressionism thrown around. Okay. Which, which I can't give you a definition of, but I remember thinking this reminds me of Last Citizen Kane, and turns out they both have were both attributed with German expressionism. It's something to do with the set and like things that like there's a scene where Macbeth and Lady Macbeth are talking after the crow nonsense, mm-hmm. 
And but they're not the things that are in focus. It's the window behind him that's in focus in the room. So that's stuff true. like that, where the set is almost like as important, if not more important, to the shot than the people. Um, and just like playing on, and that's just from what I can remember, and just kind of thinking about those two movies. But yeah, I definitely got some Orson Welles vibes from this. In the, in the beginning of the scene, I think it's the scene you guys were talking about where he says it's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows the uh, the blades of grass yes. blowing on the hill, yeah. and you can see every blade of grass. It's right. crazy. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have worked in color. I don't know why. I, don't think no, so I mean, even to the the definition of of Macbeth's beard, like oh, the, yeah. the saltiness, the, the wonderful s- salt. Yeah, <laughs> I I. I know it's something stupid, maybe, but like I no. thought that that was Listen, one. Like talk, talking about beards is never <laughs> stupid. Okay, <laughs> I guess is two fully bearded per- people. Three, and three fully bearded people in this in this room. Trying bearded person as myself. Oh but, my goodness! What are you talking about? <laughs> it's not as full as uh, Listen, the, the two people I have in the room with me. But a very wise tattoo artist once told me it's not the size of the beard; it's the soul of the beard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Mine's the soul of a caveman. So, um, I, I, I agree. I don't think this would have worked, uh, in color. I felt like it just would have give a completely different vibe or tone, whichever word you want to use. So if you want to be a cinematic critic person, you can say tone. If you want to be 21st century person, you can say vibe, but it would have been a completely different feel. Yeah, if it was in color and um, the beard was one thing that I really liked about the <laughs> about the yeah. uh, the black and white, but every scene felt just visually fantastic. It's yes. a work of with, art with definitely with the black and white. I, yeah, I don't think it would have been the same. Yeah, I mean, I know you talked about the uh, the three witches in the in the water when he woke up. Yes, that scene. I think if it would have been in color, would have felt. Extremely even, different. Yeah, it might even felt a little cheap. Yeah, just I'm because I'm thinking of like because the blue the of wa- the water. That's maybe, what I'm saying. The and... water looked black. You you couldn't tell exactly what they were throwing into the water because there was no color to it. Yeah. Um. All you could go off of is what they were saying. Why is she always dealing with detached toes and feet and stuff? <laughs> it's always what it. She well, it's a witch. It up. It's Ugh. a witch. What do you expect? I guess I don't um, know. I don't know that. But I remember thinking. I mean, there were a lot of scenes where I was thinking this looks visually. I've already said that a billion times, but in that one, I, that was something I thought if this was in color, like this would feel completely off. Mm-hmm. Like the tone is supposed to be dark and it needs to be dark and water is blue and light and maybe it could be like a dark green or something, but that still wouldn't be the same feel. And it, it looked like it was right. a dark emptiness that it was going yeah. into and that's what it was. It was a, that's, and so, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. it was a right choice Definitely. to go. Well, there's a lot of fog work in the beginning, and I feel like that's true. That might not have landed as well as it did. A lot of fog through the whole thing, (laughs) (laughs) which visually was nice. Oh yeah, yeah Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have much else you wanna you wanna touch on? Okay. The only thing I want to say is uh, just a few scenes that I thought were some of my favorite, and not because they were good, but just favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, When he does, when he gets. The whole scene and stuff where he gets his best friend killed, um, I thought was um, a great start to like the true, like where the madness had taken him mm-hmm. to where he, I mean, he kills his only true companion and 
person that he should be able to trust uh, just for power or uh, scared that he's going to uncover what he did and all that kind of stuff. Um, The dinner scene where he does go like that's where you see his madness is breaking reality. Uh, I thought that was that was really good. Um, And there was another uh, there was another one. But those are the two that we haven't talked about already. And the other one we've talked about, but I can't remember right now. But those we haven't talked about. And I, I really liked those. Yeah. Those two scenes. So. Definitely. Um, well, I mean, you guys can say maybe one of your favorite scenes, and we'll we'll cut it off for ratings. I think my favorite scene is still that the fight, that first fight. Okay. Um, everything from when from when he opens the door or so the window and all the leaves mm-hmm. blow in. Yeah. To to when he stabs the guy in the neck and then leaves. Um, okay. But I, I, you know what, I also really like when he's on the tower. talking to himself kind of looking back and forth i think he delivers that really well but i think that so i think that's right before that so those two are probably and after he goes back on the ledges and starts talking to himself again before he finds yeah i think i think those probably are still my favorite yeah i think um it's really hard for me to pick but probably the one with the water and the Mm -hmm. and the The witches. witches and um you know just the visuals of um of the kid and of course we know that was all cgi but uh yeah. man it was um it was something else definitely. definitely do you guys feel like the last half of the movie was better than the first yeah i would, I would okay. say so i was thinking that throughout the movie but i didn't know if it was because i feel like the beginning was just so much monologues and talking and that that's why i didn't like it as much but was kind of curious on well, I, two people that seem to really enjoy the movie as a whole. Yeah. If maybe I would like, I just like the last half because there was less like straight up right. monologues and and dialogue and more, more set pieces. Yes, and more like visuals, that, more yeah. set piece, more transitions, and and moving along of the story. Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys. Well, and I think that's probably same. a pitfall of most Shakespeare works. Most of them are set up, you know, with ruffians in the street you know and stuff like that but so i think that's just probably an inherent problem okay but, yeah i would agree with you i okay. think the second half does pick up yeah now, now that you mention it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't really thought about it at the time but yeah. uh, well that's what we're here for that's get you to think about the movie a little bit <laughs> um okay well i think that's about it we'll just uh, kind of wrap up with uh ratings of what you guys you got you can you can do out of popcorn bags, you can do percentage-wise. You can do wherever you want. Usually, we do out of five stars, but right. you can do whatever you like. We don't. We don't hold did, your hand. What did I give Grandma's boy? <laughs> oh, finally remember. <laughs> Went from Grandma's boy to tragedy of Macbeth. Wow. <laughs> hey, um, we got range. That's right. If we, don't got, if we don't got anything else, we got range. I think I gave Grandma's boy four, so I've got, I've got to give Macbeth five. I, I just I, I can't imagine it being any better. Okay. Yeah. Same five for me. Um, I think I'm going to stick with a four. I was really all over the place watching the movie, um, but I am very much a fan of visuals, and it was a visually stunning movie. Um, and I think maybe if I watch the movie again or whatever, and I can figure out the dialogue, I might enjoy it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the big thing that hinders it for me is just yeah. it's really dense and hard to really get yourself all the way through all of that part of it, but still great movie. Yeah. yeah it, it's a good movie. I wouldn't say it's an enjoyable movie. <laughs> I think that's maybe a little bit of a difference, 
for sure. for me. Sometimes I enjoy a movie and it's a bad movie. Yeah. Which is <laughs> like I enjoy Fast and Furious movies, but they're bad movies. Um, <laughs> Good thing Tristan's not here. Yeah. She'd fight you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't necessarily enjoy this, but I thought it was an extremely well-crafted movie and a very good movie. So, One thing I've, I've found with the Coen brothers, particularly when I was younger, is that uh, I enjoy them more the second, third, fourth hmm. time I watch them. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that'll be like that yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Because, yeah, coming out of the movie, I was thinking like three to three and a half. And then after talking about it a little bit, it kind of... Yeah. Bumped it up the extra yeah. half star. Yeah, yeah, probably. And maybe I'll revisit again. Tristan may want to give it a shot. We'll see what she uh, she thinks of the old movie. But... Get ready to pause and explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> for me or her, I'm not, for I don't you. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, well, uh, thank you, Adam, for coming on uh, and doing this episode. Uh, Hopefully, we'll uh, do another bonus episode over French Dispatch because I really want to talk about it, and we missed it because there's a lot of stuff coming out on that season. And uh, if you're anything like us, it was hard to even watch it. And and you actually, like, called AMC (laughs) and was like, when is this coming here? I did. I (laughs) did. Uh, But it's now available to at least buy and rent. So hopefully we can do an episode on that and anybody that wants to hear us talk about it can can do that. But uh, uh, until then, uh, we are going to have an episode on Monday uh, doing, I think, Redeeming Love. So a completely different style of movie here going from high-brow, high-end movie making. Classical literature. To a dumb romance movie. So never heard of it. Yeah. Probably better off, but the book's good. But you know, when books are made into movies on low budget romance movies, sometimes they don't come out very great. (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you everyone for listening and we'll go ahead and kick it to the plugs. All right. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you guys are listening on Apple podcast, we would ask that you uh, would rate and review. If you like the podcast, that definitely helps us um, get new listeners. So when a new movie comes out and they search that movie, uh, we'll pop up. So uh, if you like the podcast, just give us a five star review and just say what you like about it. And we will definitely give you a shout out on the podcast. All right. Get to Trevor for the plugs. You can find Couch Critics on Facebook at Just the Couch Critics. You can find Couch Critics at Twitter and Instagram at Couch Critics Pod. You can find Easton Moore at those same places, Twitter and Instagram at Easton Moore IV. You can find me at those same places at T Landers Perk. Tristan Moore does the intro theme song, and Graham on Instagram at Graham Jarvis does the artwork for the podcast. Sweet. Uh, so again, thanks for listening to today's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So see you guys next week.